to join the song so long before our lives to raise our voice alone and we have seen your face
voices of thousand generations in one worthy Lord. Oh, lift it to Him, to you the slain and risen King. We lift our voice to heaven, singing worthy Lord. We're so glad that you're here. We love you so much. Go ahead and say hi to one another. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church today. For those of you who don't know, this is Pastor Keith, and I'm his wife, Heather. We want to welcome you today. <laughs> we want to welcome those who are online, and we also want to go ahead and continue with our worship today with our tithes and offering. And as you think about giving, um, <clears throat> went over my head even last night about all the scripture and all the things we talk about giving, um, and there's so many, but I want to go back to um, Proverbs, um, and I'm going to read this to you. It's Proverbs uh, 3.9, and it says, honor the Lord with all your wealth and the first fruits of all you produce, and as we read that, and again, I think we've all heard that verse, but I think about all our wealth and all our produce. That's your time, your talent, and your treasure, mm -hmm. so as you think about giving today and as you think about giving the first fruits, think about giving the first fruits of your time, the talent and craft that's God's given you, and your wealth. And I know we live in a, in a crazy economic world today where sometimes we think, ah, maybe it's not even possible. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can afford to give. Here's the thing. The church doesn't need your money, and God doesn't need your money. But he does want your heart. And there's a reason that scripture talks about money and giving more than almost any other topic. Because where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. So think about that treasure in your heart. When you think about whether I can or I can afford it, tell you what, whether you think you can afford it or not, I'm going to tell you something. Your dad can't afford it. And the person that gives you everything that you have can absolutely afford it. So trust him in that. And as we have the, the ushers come forward, consider what God will do with your giving and consider what he will do in your life because of your giving. Father God, we pray this morning, praying over each and every heart, each and over, over every mind, God, over, over the finances of each and every person here, Lord God, because we know that we live in, in a challenging time, but we need to see past that, and we need to see hope, and we need to see what you're doing, God, and we need to see that you will always provide. God, may I pray that you'd impress upon the hearts of each and every single person here that when they look at their finances, and I know in the audience here, and I know online there's people who struggle with finances and who look at their bank accounts and are not sure how they can, how they can even make it through the week. God, God in this moment, I pray that there'd be nothing but hope in their hearts because what they see is not what matters. It's what you, um, God, you are doing. And what they think they can't do and what they think can't afford, you can, God. 
So I pray that you press upon their hearts that you are not only their God, but their daddy, and their dad can't afford it, and their dad will give them everything that they need. God, let that be personal this morning in Jesus' precious holy name. Well, welcome. If this is your first, second, and third time visiting us, um, you are our VIP guest today. So (laughs) we would like you to fill out the connection card and go to the front, and we have a nice, lovely little gift for you. You guys will love it. Go ahead and fill that out, and we just want to connect with you. We also want to be able to uh, connect with you online in our Church Center app, and if you have any, if you want to give in any other place other than the buckets being passed around today. There is a bucket in the very back for giving as well, and there you can also give online as well. Uh, Youth, this Tuesday, (laughs) we're doing a night of elegance at the Reynolds house. That was impressive, though. They're awake this morning. I know, I know, I I know. Usually it's so quiet, and I heard, I think, over in that corner a little bit louder. (laughs) Okay, you're to come dressed fancy. I don't know what fancy means in your eyes. There we go, black tie. Okay, modest, fancy, modest. Yes, thank you very much. If you're not aware of what fancy is, talk to Julie and Ed, and they'll give you a heads up on exactly what is considered fancy and not fancy. (laughs) Because Ed is very fancy, by the way. I just got to say that on the side. There are details for that in the Church Center app for more information. Also, we have our youth summer camp. All right, you guys. You need to raise it up because it's really quiet over here. (laughs) You know, know, the youth crowd back there is good. These guys here, you need to wake up. Yes. Come on. Coffee is needed. Okay, so let's see. We have, um, we need you to make sure that you get all your documents turned in today or Tuesday for camp for next Sunday. So if you want to join us last minute, we have room for one more boy and three girls. So we have to know today as we need to be making our final payments tomorrow for it. So also coming up this week, ladies, it's sisterhood. Yay, yay. Okay, this week we are doing an ice cream Sunday bar and movie night. Now, I don't have all the fabulous details to spill it all out here right now, so if you will check back on the Church Center app, we'll have all that information for you for Thursday. One more fabulous raw we've got going on is our Estonia Bible Project. So right now we have raised enough money for 199 Bibles. So far, that's just short of $3,000. $523 of that was for 34 of those Bibles raised by our very own elementary school kids in Kids Church. So if you would like to go ahead and, and uh, give towards this project, it's $15 a Bible, and all that information is also in our Church Center app. That is your place to go for everything, just in case you didn't know that, Church Center app. And I know we said it before, but as you think about not only giving to the Estonia Bible Project, but praying over that, this is putting Bibles in the hands of people that don't have them today, that don't have access to the Word of God. There, AJ and Sarah know there are places there where there is a Bible and a church, 
towards it. So that is such an incredible thing. So not just give, but continue to pray over that because we get to be a part of putting Bibles in people's hands. And then we have something really cool and exciting because you guys all know about TCM, Tijuana Christian Mission in Mexico, and how much we love and support them. And there is a need, and there's a fast turnaround when there's need. So we all know back to school, and back to school is coming quickly. And at TCM, there's some back to school needs. And we've done this a couple years in a row, but this year we're going to be pretty precise in particular. They need backpacks, and they need a lot of them. Right now we have in the back, we have little cards with their pictures, and there are 41 kids that need backpacks. And what's cool about our cards is those cards have their ages, um, whether they're a boy or a girl, their favorite colors and things like that. So not only do we get, we get to get them backpacks, but we can be creative and get them something special that's their favorite color or their favorite thing and, and based on their age. So look for that and consider it's a particular need because in Mexico, we were, we were shut down for a long time, but our kids have been in school for a while. It has been well over two years since those kids have been in the classroom. So even the stuff that they had, they don't have anymore. So this is a really important, urgent need. There's 41 of them. Grab a card, grab a backpack. You can put other supplies and things in the backpacks if you choose, but the most urgent need is the backpacks themselves. What's really important is school's coming quick, and we need those back by next Sunday. So there's a quick turnaround, but you can go on Amazon, Walmart, Target. There's lots of places to get them. So I encourage you to get a card because we need all those cards to be gone today. So all those backpacks can be um, come back um, next week. Um, and, and when you look at it, I'm also going to ask you, when you take the card, I think they're supposed to come back, Sarah. When that card comes back, make a copy of it or take a picture of it, though, so you can remember that face and so you can pray over that, um, that um, person by name. Um, because that's, is the backpack's important, but being able to pray over them is just as important. So please take a picture of it and pray over them. And I think that's it. So with that, we are going to welcome Pastor Justin, because we got something good going on today. Oh, my goodness. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Come on, dude. Love you, man. Fired up. Who's excited today? Oh, my gosh. Thank you guys for praying for me. Look at this stuff. I mean, on Sunday, there it goes. There it goes. The holy water's falling already. That's good. That's good. No, last Sunday, I could not walk. My, my, feet, my foot was swollen, and it hurt so bad, I could not put weight on it. Pastor Keith was so gracious to answer my text at 1.30 in the morning to preach that day. So praise God for that. But uh, by Tuesday, I was with my cane getting made fun of by all of the youth at youth on Tuesday, which was awesome. Um, Pastor, you're really getting older. You're, you know, you're looking two and three times your age, you know. And, so, and then, then, you know what, here we are now and I can run around, I can jump around and God is good. So thank you for praying, for making that happen. You guys are awesome. So excited. Who's excited for the word today? Oh my gosh, I am excited for this word. You know what? You give me a week off and you will light a fire under my tushy. Goodness gracious, some crazy stuff's going to happen today. Oh, tell your neighbor I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm looking at these people online. They look ready. Lynn Leppelman looks ready. Pete Leppelman looks ready. Dorothy Fragonin, you're ready. Awesome. Chat with me on there, you guys. I want to hear you. I want to see you. Oh, my gosh. Okay, where are my paper Bible people at? Do we have some paper Bibles today? Yeah, we got a few of them? Okay, all right. For those of you that forgot your paper Bibles, you know what? I want to tell you something. Our youth, every single one of them was in their paper Bible this last Tuesday. Blew my mind. 
as I'm watching them, and they, some of them have never opened the Bible before, like the actual paper Bible before. It's always been on an app. So they're like, I don't know how to find a book in here. And we, we, we learned where the index was. And, and we were, we're going, okay, page 1736, and we'd turn over to that, and we'd find that together. And then all of a sudden, we have middle school boys helping other middle school boys get to that page in their Bible because we weren't going to read it until everybody got to the page. Are you with me? Your kids are getting the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Isn't that awesome? I can't tell you. Like, I, I think sometimes we think of our kids good. There's just somewhere for them to go, but that's not it. We're making disciples, amen? We're making disciples in kids' church. Oh, my goodness. Uh, for, for those of you that have little tiny people, our preschoolers got to finally move back up here, praise God. They don't, they don't have to walk the mile trek down to the building down there anymore. We get to set up and tear down right here, so so grateful for that. But go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 18, and we're going to go to verse 15. I'm going to start in verse 1, but you can turn to verse 15. And bef- while you're turning there, um, we, had, we had some fun stuff. You know, it's, it's awesome to have a toddler. I got to tell you, my, my three-year-old, he's going to turn four next month. I can't believe that. Can you believe that Judah's going to be four? Oh, my goodness. Like, they just get older and older. You know, when we first came to this church, uh, Noah was three, and he was sitting on, on the steps because we didn't have kids club for volunteers at that time. We had an iPad and said, please don't get off of these stairs while we set up. And then we'd go set up and go, oh, no, where did he go? And try to go find him while we're setting up. It was crazy. Praise God for kids club. Amen. Oh, my goodness. Praise God for that. But my, my three-year-old this week, we, we went out to dinner and, and, uh, and, you know, we try to keep our kids off of too, too much sugar. Are you with me? Like, they get a little bit crazy when they have too much sugar. Are you with me? And so we, we went to this restaurant and went through the drive through and we got them a big cup of water. I know, right? You're like, really? What kind of parents are you? So, so we ordered one big cup of water, and then we sneakily purchased one cup of Sierra Mints. Are you with me? So we gave them their water, and they're, they're like, oh, I got water, and they're drinking water, and they're drinking water, and, 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 uh, and we get the cup back, and then we sneakily give them the other cup, and all of a sudden, Judah goes to take a swig of water, and he goes, it's soda! Praise God! This little three-year-old is like giving glory to Jesus. He just turned water into soda. Oh, my goodness. And we, we were laughing our heads off in the front seats, just going like, oh, my gosh, only, only Judah. But go ahead and tell your neighbor, today's message is titled, Impractical. Impractical. Oh, my gosh. Like, when I was listening to the message from Pastor Keith on Sunday, great job, brother. That was awesome. You did an amazing job. As I was listening to that message, God was just down, started to download stuff. As you guys were praying over my ankle, I felt more and more downloads. I mean, Chelsea and I were sitting in bed that night, and I'm just like in, in the Bible, just like jumping at me with this message for this week on Monday. And I, I look over at Chelsea, and she's laughing, and I'm, I'm like, what are you doing? And she's, she's, look, she's on YouTube or something and having the greatest time ever. But I, I'm like, I don't even know if I could talk to you right now. Like, the spirit is so strong. You know, but anyways, normal people live in my house. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. Normal people live in my house. But uh, I'm excited to get into the message this morning. Who else is excited? Yeah? Yeah? Come on. All right, First Kings chapter 18, starting in verse 1. We're going to a, read a whole bunch of scripture today, so we're, just get ready to dive in. T- tell your neighbor, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Here's verse 1. It says, later on 
in the third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah, go and present yourself to King Ahab. Tell him that I will soon send rain. Verse 2. So Elijah went to appear before Ahab. Meanwhile, the famine had become so very severe in Samaria, so Ahab summoned Obadiah, who was in charge of the palace. Obadiah was devoted, a devoted follower of the Lord. Once when Jezebel was, tried to kill all of the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had hidden a hundred of them in two caves. Put, he put 50 prophets in each cave and supplied them with food and water. Verse 5. Ahab said to Obadiah, we must check every spring in the valley and the land and see if we can find enough grass to save at least some of my horses and mules. Verse 6, so they divided the land between them. Ahab went one way by himself and Obadiah went the other way. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for your word. God, I thank you that you're going to speak to us today. God, that we're going to get impractical and see the fullness of what you have for us. So, God, I give you full permission, Holy Spirit, full permission to take over this service the way that you see and intend. And, God, touch our hearts in only a way that you can. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So Obadiah is now looking for water. He's looking in the, at, the, at the edges of the spring, seeing if there's just enough grass to go and feed the horses and mules of the king. Are you with me? And while he's traveling and he's going along, all of a sudden he runs into somebody. He runs into Elijah. And he's like, oh my gosh. He falls on his face. He's like, is it really you? Is it really you, Elijah? And he says, it's me. He said, hey, I want you to go and tell King Ahab I'm coming. And he says, you wouldn't ask me to do that because you know that King Ahab wants to kill you. And if I go and tell him that you're coming and then God calls you off to some other place, he's going to kill me instead. So this, this is, Obadiah is going like, please don't ask me to do this. And then we get a little bit further and Obadiah, Obadiah, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Elijah says to Obadiah, he says, no, listen, I'm going to go and see Ahab right now. Go tell him I'm coming. He said, okay. So he goes to, goes to King Ahab. He's like, hey, um, the prophet Elijah is coming. And here, and here we come into verse 15, or verse, uh, yeah, verse 16, sorry. All right, we, we're going to move ahead a little bit there. Verse 16. So Obadiah went to tell Ahab that Elijah had come, and Ahab went out to meet Elijah. Verse 17. When Ahab saw him, he exclaimed, so it is really you, you troublemaker of Israel. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I'm going to give you the main point right now. Where are my note takers at? Got some note takers here? Main point right here this morning is, I will do the impractical to see God do the impossible. I will do the impractical to see God do the impossible. You see, you got to understand Elijah right here. God had told Elijah, go and tell Ahab that rain is coming. Now, i got to be honest with you. Elijah, he's, he's now at this point the last of the prophets. He's the last one. They've killed the rest of them. Jezebel kind of had it out for the prophets of the Lord, and she went out and hunted them all down and killed each and every one of them, and all that was left was Elijah. Now, i got to be honest with you. If I'm the last prophet of the Lord, and God tells me to go to the very person who wants to murder me, I don't know if my first answer is going to be, okay, yes, Lord, here is your servant, send me. Is anybody with me? Would, would any of you walk into that? Come on, let's, I know there's some self-righteous people in here. Come on, somebody, right? Yeah, I'm just playing, I'm just playing. But you know what? A lot of us, we'd go, ha, 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 anywhere, Lord, but there. Are you with me? But sometimes we got to do the impractical to see the impossible, amen? Verse 18, 
I have made no trouble for Israel, Elijah replied. You and your family, come on, you and your family are the troublemakers. For you have refused to obey the commands of the Lord and have worshipped the images of Baal instead. Don't you just love that? When, when, all, when, when the government, oh, did I say that word? Goodness, when the government points its finger at the church and says that you're the problem. And he goes back and points his finger right back and says, oh, no, we're not the problem. You're the problem. Did anybody hear me? Oh, goodness, oh, goodness. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about this kind of stuff at church. We'll see what happens. It's in the Bible, though. Did anybody notice that? It's in the Bible, though. I've made no trouble for Israel, Eliza replied. You and your family are the troublemakers, king. I don't know any king that would like to be talked to that way. Verse 19. Now summon all Israel to join me at Mount Carmel, along with the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah, who are supported by Jezebel. Verse 20. So Ahab summoned all of the people of Israel. Listen, he, he's, he's picking a fight. He's picking a fight because God said, are you with me? He's saying, these people don't know me anymore, and it's time to go pick a fight. It's time to go pick a fight. He's like, listen, I know I'm the last prophet, but go ahead and bring your 850 prophets, and we're going to go toe-to-toe. Woo, come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but this gets me fired up. Like, I, I'm like picking a fight with 850 people. I'm like, come on, somebody. Like, I get ex- nobody else gets excited about that? Goodness gracious. I, you guys, pray for me. Pray for me. I, I need somewhere to put all of this kind of craziness. Are you with me? Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, How much longer will you waver, hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. This is Israel. But they've watched what the king and Jezebel have been doing to anybody who declares the Lord God, God. So they start to be quiet. How many of us have noticed some similarities in today's day and world where the church has been quiet? You know, I was, I was, I was preaching at a, at a men's breakfast this week. No man left behind, and I see a couple guys made it in here. I must have fired you up a little bit. Come on, somebody. But I was preaching to these guys, and I was saying, you know what? Too much. How, ma- how much have we been making excuses instead of making disciples? The church has been sitting by. You know, the very things that we are celebrating today is the reason that God went and smashed Sodom and Gomorrah. Do we forget that? But the church becomes so politically correct that sin is no longer sin. Are you with me? Listen, I don't get to choose what is sin and what isn't. God does. And as long as we follow Him and we seek after Him, His heart is to love Every single person. I came that none should perish. Somebody say none. Last time I checked, none means nobody. That means that every single person that disagrees with me, I still don't want them to perish. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. This is our God. This is God's word. But at the same time, he also knows that sin will ruin somebody's life. It will give them less than what he intended for them to have. Are you with me? I don't love my son less when he messes up but I know that he'd have so much more if he didn't make that decision. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Oh, I don't know if this is going to tickle the ears of the church today. Goodness gracious. If you're watching online, feel free to turn to a better pastor. 
But I tell you what, God's word is going to be God's word today if you like it or not. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But people were completely silent. While God's people are being bullied and snuffed out, controlled by fear of death and persecution, silence is our response. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I wish, I wish there was just one, just one Elijah in our midst, just one who said, God, at your word, I'll go and pick a fight with the enemy. Come on, if there was just one of us that decided to stand up and not be silent, just one of us that went and shared the truth that set people free, just one of us to see, say, God, I believe you. I know that you're moving. I know you're alive. And I tell you what, I'm not going to accept this stuff anymore. Just one of us. Just one of us. It'll change a complete generation. Come on, somebody. Just one of us. Come on, somebody say, I will do the impractical to see God do the impossible. I have a question for you, church. Do we want to see revival in our valley? Are you sure? Because I'm not sure. Do we want to see revival in our valley? Then get off your butt for a minute. Get off your butt. Stand up. Because listen, we can't just say yes without actually responding. Did you hear me? I know it's harder for some of us to stand than others. Thank you so much for standing. Absolute champion. I know it's hard. But you know what? It's going to be hard to stand. It's going to be hard to stand for the truth. It's going to be hard to love in the face of hatred. It's going to be hard. But it's worth it. It's worth it. If a, if a church, come on, listen, i got to tell you, I've been living under a spirit of infirmity for these last two years. I don't know about you, but maybe you have too. I had a wake-up call this week where somebody who doesn't know Jesus the way I know Jesus reached out to me and said, hey, listen, I've been noticing that you're preaching these things, but you're living these things, and she called me out. She called me out in love. And you know what? I've been called out by a woman before who didn't know Jesus, and now I'm married to her. So she ha- these, these types of ladies have a special place in my heart. Are you with me? Because if you'll tell me the truth, if you'll tell me I'm not living by the truth, then all of a sudden something has to shift. Either I have to quit or something has to shift. Are you with me? Who's ready for a shift in this place? Because the shift is happening right now. Because the truth is still the truth whether or not we want to believe it. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. Go ahead and take a seat. I know it's hard to stand. I get to do it every service. Amen. Verse 22. Are you liking this so far? Is this okay? Verse 22 says, Elijah said to them, I am the only prophet of the Lord who is left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Verse 23, now bring two bulls. The prophets of Baal may choose whichever one they wish and cut it into pieces and lay it in the wood on on their altar, but without setting fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood on the altar, but not set fire to it. Verse 24, "Then, then call on the name of your God, little g, your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord, big L. The God who answers by setting fire to the wood is the true God. And all the people agreed. Verse 25. Can you imagine standing in that place right there? You got it's you against 450 other people, and you're making a bet. I bet on my God, you bet on your God, and we'll see who does it. I remember doing this in elementary school when I would sit with one guy. My dad can beat up your dad. Anybody, none of the dads knew that this was about to go down, but my dad can beat up your dad. I find out the other kid's dad is like Hulk Hogan or something, you know what I'm saying? But 
I can just imagine Elijah in this moment here. Come on. And the people agreed. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, you go first, for there are many of you. Choose one of the bulls and prepare it to call the name of your God, but do not set fire to the wood. So they prepared one of the bulls and placed it on the altar. Then they called on the name of Baal. Come on. You want to replace something? You can place that word with the world. You can place that, that word with self-righteousness. You can place that word with all kinds of idolatry that we live in in this world. All kinds of it. If we're concerned about anything but instead of God, call it idolatry. Sorry for the camera people. I know our, our screen doesn't work, so they can't follow me as easily. Pray for them. So they prepared. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning until noontime, shouting, Oh, Baal, answer us. But there was no reply of any kind. Then they danced, hobbling around. Maybe they, they hurt their ankle like I did. <laughs> hobbling around the altar they had made. Don't laugh that much, Chelsea. Goodness gracious, Lord Jesus. About noontime, Elijah began mocking them. Isn't this the type of pastor you want? They begin mocking them. And if, if you don't like it, I'm, I am definitely one of those sarcastic people. You will get a lot out of that. You'll have to shout louder, he scoffed. For surely he is a god. Perhaps he's daydreaming. Or he's relieving himself. For those of you that don't know what that means, he's pooping. Or maybe he's away on a trip or asleep and needs to be wakened. So they shouted louder, and following their normal custom, they cut themselves with knives and swords until blood gushed out. Come on, somebody. You know what? Some of us, just to fit in, will we'll hurt ourselves. Just to, just to be a part of the rest of the group. Listen, because we don't want to stand for God because then we'll be killed. But you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll cut myself. I'll, I'll, I'll do things to myself. I'll, I'll put myself in a harm's way, but as long as you won't hurt me. Come on, somebody. How many of us are living in that life right there? I'd rather fit in. Come on, someone. <sighs> they shouted louder and louder. They did it till blood gushed out. They raved all afternoon until time of the evening sacrifice. But still, there was no sound, no reply, and no response. Then, come on, somebody say then. Then Elijah. I can't even imagine being Elijah sitting there all day. Watching these guys being goofy. They're like, no, listen, I've already heard the Lord, word of the Lord. He already told me what's going to happen. You guys are ridiculous. What are you doing? Is your God taking a, a dookie? Like, what's happening? Are you with me? Like, all day long having to sit and watch nonsense. The church has sat by for the last two years watching nonsense happen all over the place. I told God that if you'll use me, we'll take this city. We'll take this city because we're going to go and love on people. We're going to, I don't know about you, but the, the more that this, this other agenda of the world and other agenda of this stuff keeps happening, the more it taxes us, the more difficult things become. I don't know about you, but filling up my gas tank never got so difficult. Are you with me? Did you figure out that the, the towels they have there is not actually for washing your windshield? It's to wipe your tears away after you fill up. Did you figure that out? Good. I wanted to make sure everybody knew that. They're free tissue. Free tissue. Then Elijah called on the people. Come over here. They all crowded around him. <laughs> I would too. Crazy guy. They all crowded around him. And, and as, as he repaired the altar of the Lord, that had been torn down. Church has been torn down. The word of God has been torn down. 
It's been, it's been minusculed. It's been put into this place back to, back to Sodom and Gomorrah where all of a sudden anything goes. Come on, somebody. Jesus' love is so much bigger and so much more than all of this nonsense, and it will not be minimized in the name of Jesus. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. Are we telling the truth today? Are we getting in God's word today? Come on. He took 12 stones, one to represent each of the tribes of Israel, and he used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. Then he dug a trench around the altar large enough to hold about three gallons. Come on. Verse 33. He piled wood on the altar. I told you you were going through some scripture today. Is anybody sleeping? If somebody's sleeping, I'm going to throw something at you right now. It's about to happen. It's about to go down. He piled wood on the altar, cut the bull into pieces, and laid the pieces on the wood. Then he said, fill four large jars with water. I don't know if anybody gets the significance of this right here. But if you remember in the first few verses when we were reading, they were in the how many years of famine? How many years of a drought? Three years. Three years of drought. Haven't had rain in three years. Where are they getting water from? They're getting water from somebody's stash that's going to help them live. Because everybody's hoarding as much as they can. Come on, we did this a couple years ago with toilet paper. Do you remember? People were dying over toilet paper. Fill four jars, large jars with water. Now, I don't know about you, this, this one prophet of the Lord. He leans over to you and says, hey, I know you're saving all your money because you know that there's this, there's this uh, famine coming. You know that you know, the economy is about to go into another recession. So hold on to as much as you can. That's what the world's telling you. But I'm going to tell you something different. I'm going to tell you, hey, why don't you go get that stuff right now because we're about to give it to God. We're about to see God do a miracle. God's going to ask you to do something impractical to see something impossible. And he poured the water the offering and the wood. After they had done this, he said, do the same thing again. You know, it hasn't gotten good enough yet. It's, it's not wet enough wood yet. I don't know if you've ever tried to light wet wood. I can't even light dry wood most of the time. Are you with me? Like, it's bad. When we were at the marriage retreat, like, we had like eight dudes, like, all trying to light this thing at the same time, and it's still not working. And it was dry wood. Here he is saying, I know you just poured four jars of water over it, but go get four more. Wait, you're going to take out of, like, how many jars are you going to take for my family? What if my family doesn't survive? Are you with me? Come on, somebody. Some of us are living in this age right here where all of a sudden it's like the, the world has pushed so hard. Our finances are so tight that we're like, I just don't know if I can give anymore. I just don't know if I can give them my time. I'm so busy. I got to get two and three jobs just to pay for the gas in my car. Come on, somebody. Do the same thing again. And when they were finished, he said, now do it a third time because it's still not good enough. We're going to have 12 jars of water poured on this thing. So they did as he said. Verse 35, and the water ran around the altar and even filled the trench. I can't imagine how many people are watching going, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad I wasn't so close to Elijah that he asked me to take my water and to do that. Like, what are these people going to do? Bummer for them. They had faith in this guy. Come on. At the usual time for the offering, then evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, O Lord, 
God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all this at your command. Verse 37. O Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. Somebody say immediately. Immediately, verse 38. Immediately, come on, this is our God. Immediately, the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, and the stones. Have you ever seen stones get burned to ash? Come on, somebody. Sometimes we have to do the impractical to see God do the impossible. You see, I have stones stacked up around in a circle at my house so that, that that's where the fire stays, but it never burns up the stones. Oh, I think we skip over some of these things. That gets crazy. It even burned up the dust. It even licked up all the water in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell face down on the ground and cried out, The Lord, He is God. Yes, the Lord is God. Verse 40. Oh, I don't know if I should read this next part. Verse 40. Then Elijah commanded, Seize all the prophets of Baal. Don't let a single one escape. So the people seized them all. And Elijah took them down to the Kishon Valley and killed them there. Come on, somebody. That's what I'm talking about being a pastor. Are you with me? Pastor's job was way different back then than it is today. Are you with me? God. <sighs> There's times where I'm just like, mm, Lord, if you'd only just let me take care of this here. I'm just playing with you. I'm just playing with you. I'm looking at that going like, oh, my God. This is how things got taken care of. Listen, when all of a sudden somebody's preaching a different message that isn't God's word. They're not preaching his truth anymore. I'm watching my nation go down the tube. And I'm not okay with it. It's time to preach God's word again. I'm not talking about hell, fire, and brimstone. I'm talking about the truth. The truth is love. The truth sets people free. The truth lets people know that there is a God in the United States of America. And in God we trust. Amen. Are you with me, church? I was praying this week, and I just see this valley coming to a new place on fire for him. To know him. Not just play around. Not just talk about it. Not just say, hey, do we want revival? Yeah, pastor, we want revival. And then the next outreach we set up and nobody comes. If I have to be the one Elijah, I'll be the one Elijah. But I think there's a few more Elijahs in here. I think there's a few more Elijahs watching at home right now that's ready to get off of their couch and get in the game. Are you with me? I think that God wants to take this valley and he wants to show off. Listen, we can, we can stay in this place as long as we want. We can stay in mediocrity as long as we want. God's not going to, it could be 40 years, it could be the next generation that actually takes us into the promised land. Or, or we got a few crazy people that step out in faith says, I'm going to do the impractical so I can see God do the impossible. Listen, how many of you have a loved one who has a physical ailment? Somebody in a wheelchair. Somebody, somebody that has a disease that, that's not going to make it. So maybe you've watched a loved one pass away. What if the church believed again that God could do miracles? And they expressed in the impractical so that we could see the impossible. Do you know that God moves off of your faith? Did you know that? He moves off of your faith. 
His power is just sitting there waiting for somebody to say, I believe. Just waiting. I mean, he could have done anything at any given moment, but he said, Elijah, I want you to step out of your comfort because he's hiding. He's hiding from the king. He's hiding from these people. They've been on the search for him. He's the last prophet. We just got one more to kill, guys, and we're done. And he tells Elijah, hey, go see King Ahab and tell him rain's coming. I love how he told him rain's coming. He told him rain's coming by giving up what they needed, a special resource. He, he took the water of his people and said, pour it out and give it as an offering to the Lord. Listen, I'm believing that, that there's going to be something that just rises up in people, that all of a sudden there is a spirit in this valley that when people come through here, they go, what the heck is going on? They, are, they live in the same economy that I do, but they don't. I've never seen people so excited about what God can do. Did you know that, that, that our God owns the cattle on a thousand hills? And he owns the hills and the streets of gold. Why are we living in an economy that doesn't profess that? Is anybody with me today? We live in this place where we're all sitting downtrodden. I fell victim to this, you guys, and I'm so sorry that I let myself live like this for the last two years. Just two days ago, I was sitting and there was this healing evangelist there. My ankle was hurting. And he, he was praying over people, and he, he pointed in my direction and said, somebody's foot's getting healed right over here. And he, did, he didn't even, you know when like that happens, you're like, hey, it's me, come on, come, on, come talk to me. Like, like, like say my name and tell, tell, tell everybody, like God's going to do this miracle. I'm sitting there like wiggling my ankle around, like it's going to heal, it's going to heal, it's going to heal. But God was speaking to me, he said, listen, it doesn't matter if your ankle heals, you've been living under a spirit of infirmity for the last two years. Two years ago, two years ago I took over a church, loved on people, most of you, a lot of you here are from that church. The day that we did the baton toss, that week I broke my foot. And since then, I've had two sprained, a sprained knee on both knees twice, a sprained ankle twice, and a broken foot. I also developed allergies in, that, in these last two years. Come on, sometimes, like, I, I just thought, I'm just getting older. This is what things happen when you get older. And I started thinking, like, wow, man, age catches up with you quick. And I was sitting in that, in that service, and God was saying, no, there's been a spirit of affirmity on you since that day. And you have to pray that out of here. Come on, some of us have settled for this old lifestyle, this thing that's just been slowly choking you out and living in this place without faith. And I've got to tell you, like, I'm done with it. Are you with me? And praying over that stuff, look at my ankle now. Come on, somebody. God can do whatever he wants. For those of you that watched me when we, well, on Monday night when we went to see Delaney at her play, and I could barely I could not even go up the stair, up and down the stairs. My, my kids went and took a picture with Elsa by themselves because I couldn't go down the stairs. And here I am jumping on the stage less than a week later. God can do what he wants to do if we choose to believe him at his word. Will we believe, church? More than just saying yes, will we believe enough to get out of your seat? Come on. Enough to say, God, I'm believing you at this thing. If no one else will stand up, I'll stand up. 
Come on, I'll stand up. If no one else will stand up, I'll stand up. Come on, if no one else will stand up, I'll stand up. I believe in God and his word. I want to see God move in my city. Choose me. I'll be your Elijah. I'll be your Elijah. I'll sit in front of the prophets of Baal. I believe you at your word, God. You're stronger than this political correctness. You're stronger than critical race theory. You're stronger than these things. You're bigger than these things. Your love covers a multitude of sin. If this country comes back just because a few of us stood up and just said, I love, I love this country too much and I love my God too much and I refuse to believe anything different. Watch things change. Watch these change. John and I put a card on every one of these seats this morning and prayed over it as we put them out because I'm believing that that's a life change. I'm believing that that's a life change. I promise that you, if you will believe with me and take that card and go give it to somebody and say, hey, listen, you want to have your world rocked? Show up on Sunday. Don't even, don't tell them anything else. Just that. You want to have your life rocked? Come on Sunday. Where's this church? Read Read the card, man. You can read yourself. Watch what God will do in people's lives. Let him speak for himself. God has been shushed in this country too much. He's been shushed. And it's been to the demise of ourselves. It's time to not stop being quiet, sitting on the sidelines going, oh no, if we, if, we, if we pray against Baal, what will happen to us? If we pray against the world, if we pray against the government, if we pray against these things, listen, I know, I know what the word says. I know that we need to honor those in government, but it doesn't mean that we live without the truth. Are you with me? I will never dishonor those people because God put them in that position for such a time as this. Maybe to wake up the church. Maybe. Praise God for Joe Biden. Amen? I'm thankful. If it wakes the church up, I just slammed that. That was the same ankle. Dang, that feels good. I'm just telling you right now, God wants to do something that's bigger than our excuses. It's time for the church to wake up. Amen? It's time for the church to wake up. Oh, goodness. Where are we today? What time is it? 11.04. We're doing all right. Worship team, come on, get up here. I apologize, I know you're waiting for the third point. They're all the same point, it makes it easy. First point was the third point, we're all going here. <clears throat> yeah, what's that? A why? What does it mean? Oh, thanks. She's just saying I'm flashing the world off. I'm like, I'm like I, she's, got, she's got to work on her Pictionary, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's all right. You could just say, like, whoop, whoop, you know, it's all good. We don't, we don't need to be showing off more than we need to show off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <sighs> it was just getting hot in here. I was just trying to get a breeze. <sighs> oh, aren't you glad you came to church today? I'm not, I'm not preaching at you, church. I'm preaching with you. I'm preaching with you. I'm not going to stand back and, like David and send everybody else to battle. I'll be right there in the battle with you. I want to see people come to know Christ. I want to see miracles happen on the streets in French Valley. Not just right here in Dorothy McElhaney Middle School. On the streets right here in French Valley. Come on. I'm working on something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to somebody tomorrow. And, and we're going to most likely be doing an outreach here in the next few weeks. And we're going to get crazy. And I'm going to believe God for crazy. Are you believing God for crazy? I, I went into that, that men's breakfast with a little bit of crazy. And I, I guess these two guys wanted a little more crazy. 
And you know what? I think, I think all of us do. I think all of us are sick and tired of pretending that we're having faith. I think a lot of us are tired of sitting on the couch waiting for something to happen. But I guarantee you that if you are standing there in, on that street and praying for somebody, even if you're scared out of your mind and you watch them get healed, whether it's healed physically or healed in their mind or their heart, you watch God do that, you'll never want anything less. You'll want to be the hands and feet of Jesus all the time. You can't do it. Am I right, Sarah? We can't do it. These guys went to Estonia and they changed, it changed their life, changed the trajectory of their life. They went from just being church attenders to on their track to being pastors like that because they saw God move. They saw him move. Once you see it, you can't go back. You can't go back, right, Cameron? You can't go back. It's time to unleash the beast. Are you with me? I feel like God's unleashing this church. To be an evangelistic church. Now, if that scares you, that's okay. There's, some, there's tons of cushy churches around here. Tons of them. There's tons of them that will tickle your ears and just say, hey, you know, just, just pray miracles into your life, and then you'll get to believe, and you'll get to see just riches and glory coming into your life. You can sit on your pew the whole freaking time. But until we go out there and be the hands and feet of Jesus, are you with me? He said to the rich young ruler, sell all your stuff and follow me. The only reason I know his name is the rich young ruler because it doesn't say his name because he didn't count. He didn't count because he didn't say yes. All we know him as is the rich young ruler. What if we'd have known his name? What if he was the 13th disciple? What if he went and changed an entire nation because of his faith? Not putting his faith in the riches of this world. Not putting his faith in the things of this world. Waiting, you know, hey, just wait a couple more years. Maybe, maybe we'll get another president in there that's going to make things better. What are we waiting for, church? God is still on the throne. He's still on the throne. He still loves his people. You know what? If we had a church that goes out there and put, lays hands on people and says, Hey, I believe that God can change your life. You don't have to be on drugs anymore. You don't have to think about these sexual things anymore. You don't have to live in this stuff anymore. This is real. This is real. And your life can be changed today if you want it. I know I'm, I'm preaching to families today. I feel like this is just a family meeting because we're about to go out and be the church. We're about to go out and be the church. Every one of those cards represents somebody's life. Every one of those cards represents somebody's life. I know a lot of us are going like, oh, to try to pour out even a little bit more. Listen, I know we've been in a two-year famine. I know we've been in a two-year drought of faith. Faith was considered illegal for a little while, where pastors, if they were preaching to a crowd, went to jail. I know that that's where we've been living. Praise God, we've lived in a county where we have a sheriff that says, uh-uh, okay? Because I, otherwise, I probably would have been arrested for sure. Are you with me? But here's the thing. We've been in a drought. I know you don't have much left. You're going like, I've already given so much. I've already poured myself out so much. I've already committed to so much. I don't know if I can commit to another thing. Listen, this is the most important thing. I'm not talking about church. I'm not talking about living stones. Living stones could fall off the face of the earth and God could still do work. Are you with me? I don't care about the church itself. What I care about is the lives of the people that live right here and who we're here to minister to. And that's what I'm talking about is the most important thing. If you will make God's house a priority, then you get to live under his economy. Are you with me? If you make his people a priority and you live under his economy. Business owners, if you're struggling right now, I want you to take that day, take those days off to go and minister to people and watch what God does in your business. You, I guarantee you, 
within months you'll be standing on this stage sharing your testimony of how he did it. How he did it. There's a, there's a gentleman in our church that's not here right now because I dared him to start tithing. He started tithing and guess what? His business is booming so much I don't see him in church hardly ever anymore. And he's like, Pastor, I just keep, every time I get another check, I just tithe again and I, I get another check and I tithe again, but I'm busy out of my mind. I gotta start hiring other people because I don't know how I'm gonna handle all of this business. Before he came in here, he's like, I don't know how I'm gonna survive. I can't pay rent this month. I can't pay rent next month. I don't know how it's gonna work out. Now he's so busy because he engaged in the economy of heaven. I wanna tell you, if you will engage with God in these ways, watch what he can do. Let him show off. You might have to do some things that don't make sense. You might have to do the impractical to see the impossible. Your business grew during the recession? How did that happen? Oh, I prioritized God. I prioritized his house. Every time that there was an opportunity to go and share the gospel, I shared the gospel. And I watched God do the rest. All of a sudden I made friends and met people and things happened and connections happened that I never even tried to make happen. But God did it. Are you with me? It's a different kind of testimony. Listen, you can be self-made if you want, but you'll be self-broken too. Because you can only go so far by yourself. But if you will trust in the Lord and say, God, I'm dedicating everything that I have to you because I'm at my last few jugs of water in the middle of this drought. But if you can do a miracle, there's a whole other message right on the other side of this where a cloud the size of a man's fist appeared after seven times of going out into the desert and then the rain came. You see, it took one crazy guy, one, one prophet, and he killed the prophets of Baal. Man, that guy's my hero. He believed the Lord at his word, and then he got to see the fruition of it, and, the, and God's people got to see the fruition of it. Listen, I'm preaching here today a word that God gave me because I believe we are going to see a breakthrough in our city like we've never seen before. I believe that we're not going to just talk about and cheer on revival, but we are going to see revival and be revival and watch it happen. Are you with me? Step into the anointing and watch, watch revival happen. hearing me today church other people online hearing me did they switch over already praise God thank you Jesus God is able oh these are what the heck Lynn says come on that's what I'm talking about thank you didn't, didn't bring my stuff today preach it pastor come on pastor whoop let's go youth come on Young people, you're the leaders of this next generation. I want to see you praying over people. I promise in the next couple years, we're going to watch you guys preaching up here. You will. You ladies, God's called you to something. He's called you to something bigger. All, all of you out there, Johnny, you little firecracker you, as you were showing people, showing, showing Matthew how to get into the Word, how to see where that thing was, I was so proud out of my mind. You're like, hey, look, I looked it up in the index. Let me show you how to get there. You're going to be preaching on this stage one day. God's going to use you in a huge, huge way. Come on. I can't wait for the Van Every boys to be with us in camp. Fired up out of my mind. So cool. 
you boys are going to be powerful used use in, the, in, in the kingdom of God. Gosh, I look around this room. Look around this room. When you go back to Texas, come on, you take the power of God with you. When you, take, when you go back to Texas, hey, there's people in Texas making the same excuses. They are. They are. It gets easy to live in a religious area because everybody's like, oh, we all love Jesus. That's just the way it is. Woo-hoo. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. And we, do all, we all do it. We all do it. But when you come back and you bring the power of God, when you come back and you've, you've learned that, hey, if I step out in faith and I touch somebody because God said to, I'll see a miracle happen. When you do that and you take that back to Texas with you, watch what God will do. Watch what God will do. I'll be seeing you on TV one day because they'll be like, who is this guy? How is he just walking around in, in the little mini mart and praying for his people and watching them get healed, watching God do things? Come on, church. It's time for the church to wake up. Is anybody with me? Oh, amen. Amen. Come on, Elijah. Amen. Father God, we just thank you for today. We thank you for this word. I thank you, Lord, for for choosing a crazy person like me. You could have chose all these Bible scholars and all these really, really intelligent people, but instead you chose me. And Father, I am grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you chose me. I'm grateful that you chose this church. I'm grateful that you chose these people in these seats right now to go and be the evangelists, to watch French Valley be put on the map. because of the move of God that happens here. I want to tell you, God has been giving me visions lately of having not just a building, you guys, but having a fleet of buildings on a campus. I've been seeing lately, I've been seeing having a birth choice building on our campus, being there as a support to mothers who thought about doing, uh, getting rid of their kid and, and, and having an abortion but needed help, just needed someone to believe with them, just needed someone to pray with them, just needed some diapers, just needed some provision, right? I'm believing to have a building like that on our property. I'm believing to have a secondhand store where we can have people who are coming right out of that jail. I, I gotta tell you, when those guys come out of that jail, they end up sleeping on the street right there. What if our church was right there at the doorstep said, hey, come here. I'm gonna show you how to get back up on your feet. I'm gonna show you how to have faith. I'm gonna show you how to believe. I'm gonna give you purpose. Come on. What if the church walked into a place, walked into a a, a different kind of anointing? All of a sudden, hey, listen, I don't have to steal to get what I want. I know that I can seek the Lord and he'll give me the desires of my heart. Are you with me? Come on, church. Listen, there's there's just something. There's something stirring. There's something happening. I believe we're going to have a Christian school right here in French Valley that we're going to be able to give free tuition. Just come, bring your kids. They're going to get a good education. Amen not have to listen to the BS that we have to deal with. BS just means belief system. That's what it is. Belief system. You guys got dirty minds. We don't want them to have the belief system of this world. We want them to have the belief system of Christ. Amen. If you're here this morning, you haven't given your life to Jesus. Or maybe you've just been playing church. With every head bowed and every eye closed. This is your moment. You're like, I've had, a, I've had a form of religiosity. I've had a form of godliness, but denied the power thereof. 
God, take me to a new level. I want to go with you. I want to experience your power. I want to be able to step out in faith. When the odds are stacked against me, I want to know that you're with me and we got this to see miracles that are impossible. God, call me out of the practical. Call me into the impractical so I can see the impossible. If that's you this morning, just put your hand up in the air for me. Come on, there you go. We're going to new places here. Come on. See those two gentlemen. Who else? Yeah, I, I saw that on your face. Come on, that's awesome. Had a girl. Who else is that? That's somebody else. I know you're just like, I'm ready. I'm ready for this new thing. Hey, listen, that form of religiosity, that was one thing. I was like, nah, I don't need any of that. I could go get that anywhere. I can get that on Oprah. I can get that on wherever I want. I can get all that garbage. But this, this is what I want. I want to fight for what's right. I want to fight for what's real. I want to see God move in a miraculous way. Who else is that? Is that somebody else here? Ooh, there you go. Come on. There's, that's four. Who else is it? Who else is it? We're going to a new level. We're going to a new level. Where's my Elijah at? There she is. There she is. Come on. Come on. That's five. In a tiny group like this, if five get lit up on fire, this place will be full. And to the brim, we'll have to go to a second service. If we have to go to second service and a third service, you better wait. The building will be here right shortly after that. Watch what God can do. Who else is it? Is anybody else? If you're watching online and that's you, tears are streaming down your face and you're trying to figure out what the heck's going on. I've never experienced anything like this. That's called the Holy Spirit. Has nothing to do with me. Has nothing to do with Living Stones Church. Has everything to do with a God who loves you and cares about you and wants more for you. So if you're watching online right now and you're thinking, oh my gosh, this, is, this could set me free. This could set me in the right direction. I want you to pray with me right now for those five or six that raised their hand in here, for those that are raising their hand online, then you're saying, that's me. I want you to pray with me right now saying, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being broken. I'm sorry for being messed up. I'm sorry that I choose my flesh. I choose what I want over what you want. Father, please forgive me for my sin. I repent. I repent of my junk right now. And God, I receive your gift. I receive it as a gift. I know I haven't earned it. I don't deserve it. But I receive this gift. And God, I give you my whole heart right now. If you're to call me out, here I am, Lord. Send me. I'm ready for the fight. If that's you right now, just receive Jesus in your heart as your personal Lord and Savior. His word says that if, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father. But if you will... If you will claim me as your Savior before men, I will claim you on the day of judgment before the Father. Jesus, thank you that it's not my good deeds that merit your grace. It's not how good I can be. It's just how much you love. And we receive you right now in the name of Jesus. All God's people said, amen, amen. Listen, if you're here this morning, and something got stirred up in your spirit today where you're just like, holy crud, pastor, I'm in. Can you raise your hand for me? You tell me. Yeah, there's a few people in here. Yeah, we're in, aren't we? We're in. We're in. We're in. We're in. God, you saw these hands. We're in. We're going to start right here in French Valley. 
and down in Mexico and out in Estonia. We're going to start right here in this circle. But God, wherever you want to take us, we'll take over Riverside County. We'll take over California. We'll bring this, we'll bring this state back to you. This state is going to be known as a state after God's own heart in the name of Jesus. We're believing it right now. We're believing it right now. Not because of another religious movement, but because the living God is moving in our midst. So Father God, I call out to your, to your warriors right now. These generals that have raised their hand. God, I pray for a confidence to come into them. I pray against every weapon of the enemy. Everything that would take away that confidence. Everything that's going to try to attack them this week. And tell them, hey, you never should have raised your hand. You put a target on your back. I, whatever those things are right now, I just speak against them in the name of Jesus. Let those things disintegrate in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that we would walk in such strength, in such poise, in such love, in such passion, that we would watch a city fall to its knees and say, glory, glory, this is the God Almighty. Shh. Hallelujah. 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 like only you can. Move like only you can. You feel that? There's just this peace that just washed over this place. A peace that surpasses understanding. I just, I can just see worry just being cut off of people right now. Anxiety being cut off of people right now. Fear being cut off of people right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you right now that you're moving in our midst. You get all the glory. The cards are stacked against us. The government's against us. The, 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 the cost of living is against us. We got everything coming against us. But Lord, you're right here in our midst. The storms can come, but all I see is your face. And a peace washes over me. Father, thank you for that perfect peace right now. There's going to be people in here that have been had such anxiety you haven't been able to sleep that tonight you're going to have such a night of rest because you raised your hand and said, God, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Lord, move like only you can. Like only you can. I even heard the fear of somebody that when I called out business owners, they're like, I don't know if I can take more time off to, to go and talk about Jesus. That's what you do. I think, I think there's just this breakthrough that's going to happen for you. When you let go of, watch, watch let going, letting go of a day and see what God can do. Let go of a day. Give it to him and see what he can do. Did you know that a, a single Chick-fil-A store brings in more revenue in six days than a McDonald's store does in seven? Did you know that? Yeah, McDonald's is way, way bigger. they got a lot more stores everywhere. But one Chick-fil-A store does more in six days than one McDonald's does in seven. When you honor God with what he's giving you, watch what he'll bring in return. I remember as a young business owner, as my business got bigger and bigger, I stopped prioritizing church. 
all my church buddies asked me, where are you, man? Where are you? And I said, oh, my business is growing. It's getting bigger. It's getting bigger. The more I stopped prioritizing, the more the business went backwards, the more I had to work hard to try to get the business back where it was. And all I had to do, if I would have figured it out in the first place, was just prioritize God. That's why I had the blessing in the first place. I wish somebody would have told me that. Prioritize God and watch what he'll do. Watch what he'll do. God, I just pray a, pray a blessing over this congregation, over this family. God, that as we go out, as we pick up all these extra cards off of the chairs, Lord, show us who you want us to give them to. Show us who you want to be blessed. Show us who, you, who needs breakthrough. Whether it's our next door neighbor, whether it's somebody at the grocery store, or at the gas station. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd use us as a tool to bring people to a new eternity, a new mindset, change their life forever. Somebody might be on the brink of collapse asking God, if you're real, send somebody. Here's your troops, God, send us. We're ready. We're ready. We have the card in hand. We're ready to go and see somebody's life get changed. Father, we give you permission to engage your church today. Engage your church, God. As I, I, I'm with my eyes closed, I'm just as I, I can see all of you. I almost see you all in, in boots and utes. And for you that don't know what that is, it's as a marine, we're in our in our utilities. It means we're about to go to to get something done. You're not in dress uniform. You're not there just to look pretty. We're down to get gritty. Are you ready? Gritty, gritty, ready. Yeah. I don't want to leave about to call the school district saying we're going to stay for the week sorry we got stuff to preach we got stuff God is going to do does anybody feel this today all three of you that's good that's good so good so good do me a favor do yourself a favor and do the kingdom of God a favor and don't leave a single card on these chairs we got to tear down anyway so we know they won't be there but I'd rather they were in your pocket with prayer saying God Show me who to give this to. Have some guts. I'm not asking you to stand in front of 450 prophets and pray fire down from heaven yet. I'm asking you to have enough guts to say, hey, come to church. If you have to run after that, just run. It's fine. It's, I know that stuff's scary for a lot of us. If you just say, hey, can you come to church? They might just be like, I've got to go see what this church is about. Maybe he's going to church right now. I don't know. But wherever you're at, just, just have a little bit of guts. Step out in faith. If God tells you to pray for somebody, even if you don't know what to pray, start praying. Say, hey, I felt like the Lord told me to pray for you. I don't know what that means, but I'm about to pray for you, okay? And you start praying for somebody. Watch, watch what God does. A church that engages with him, we're going to see change. You guys, I'm telling you. All right, stand to your feet. Let's, let's, let's worship the king for a minute. Can we do that? Let's worship the king. Let's get impractical. Let's worship the king. Thank you.
good day. It's a good day. I encourage you to go back and read chapter 18 all the way through. Ask God to speak to you. Because there's Elijah's rising up in here. Read the whole thing. Read it through. If you haven't opened your own paper Bible, like our youth haven't, come on. Open that thing up and read it. 1 Kings chapter 18. Read the whole thing. See what God speaks to you. Watch something leap up in your spirit. Saying, God, I want to have faith like that. I want a little bit of that. Come on. I want to have enough guts for that. Are you with me? And watch what he'll do. I know you got all your other stuff going on. You got work. You got family problems. You got everything else. Watch God wash all that away and give you a purpose that doesn't make sense. Watch him. Watch him. You're like, holy moly. Everybody else is worried about water. Everybody else is worried about gas prices. Everybody else is worried about this. But God just told me I got to go do something. I got, I got to go bring the word to somebody. I got to go tell them that something's going to happen in their life. I'm going to squeeze out death in somebody's life so that life can flow through. Amen? Come on, somebody. Father God, I just thank you. I thank you for this place. I thank you for these people. God, send us out. As we tear down your church today, I pray that the walls of hell are being torn down right now. All this, these walls of fear that exist in our city, all these walls of, of, of discord be torn down right now in the name of Jesus. As we stack up the chairs, I pray that, I pray that the odds are stacking up for, in our favor. Father, that we would see you move. God, as we, as we pour out this week, as we pray this week, show us, God, how good you are and how on mission we should be. We thank you and give you the glory right now. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. What's this? Backpacks. Don't leave a single card sitting on that table. Let's make it happen. Come on. 41 backpacks. Ha! We'll get 41 backpacks and then some. Love you guys. Have a great week. Invite some people to church. Grab those cards. Let's do this thing. Make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. Silence fear, Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness tremble, Jesus.